This audio podcast is from the River Church in Fort Worth, Texas. We hope God uses it to encourage and grow your relationship with Christ. For more information about the River Church, visit us online at theriverdfw.com or facebook.com backslash theriverdfw. Good morning, River Church. Happy Easter. I'm so glad that you are here today, man. I'm a, What an awesome day, man, to be here, man. I, I, I'm just so grateful and so thankful for who our God is and what He's done for us on the cross and what we get to celebrate here today as a church family. If you've been here the last few weeks, we've been kind of walking through a series that's that's been talking about some of the foundational elements of who Jesus is. And in week one, we talked about that Jesus is the point of life. And we talked about how sometimes we just go through life and we're trying to find meaning, we're trying to find hope, and we're trying to find purpose, and we just search for it in so many different ways. And we chase it in our jobs, and we chase it in our finances, we change it, we chase it in relationships. But at the end of the day, that what it comes down to is the only place we find meaning, the only place we find hope, the only place that we truly find life, we believe as Christians, is through Jesus Christ. And then Week two, we talked about how Jesus is the gospel, how so, so many times we try, we think in our heads, we gotta earn salvation, we gotta earn God's favor, we gotta do enough for the whole, he'll essentially let us in the Christian club, right? But at the end of the day, that the only way that we can find that saving grace, the only way we can find Jesus, the only way we can find life is through the cross, through his resurrection that we get to celebrate today. And then last week, we talked about how Jesus is grace. That Jesus oozed grace. Jesus was grace. So all around him, Jesus was grace. That grace isn't some far off idea. It's not some just theological term. It's not some far off principle that we don't really understand or to be manipulated. But grace is a person and grace is Jesus. And we challenge you to fall in love with grace, to fall in love with Jesus. And then today we get to celebrate because Jesus is alive. Amen. Every kind of every day this last week, I tried to spend some time going through one of the gospels and not the whole gospel. You're like, man, that's real impressive. Not the whole thing, but the gospel story of Jesus's death and resurrection. And and the reason why I wanted to do that is because to be honest with you, you know, a lot of times pastors, we spend so much time doing Easter things during Easter that we miss Easter. You know what I'm saying? Like, like people put a whole bunch of pressure on us by calling it the Super Bowl of all Sundays, Joel. <laughs> and so we're doing Easter things, setting up Easter egg hunts, which, by the way, was so much fun yesterday. Thank you guys for helping and coming out. We had a blast, right? But sometimes we spend so much time focused on Easter that we miss Easter. And as a pastor, I hate to admit that, but it's the truth, right? And so I didn't want that to happen to me this year because it's happened to me in the past. And so every day this week, I just I read through one of the, the stories of the, Jesus' death and resurrection. And, and it, was, it ended up being a, an extremely just worshipful time for me, even more so than I expected. And it was really, it was really cool. But as I was kind of doing that, I began to see that, that the scriptures kind of paint this incredible picture of Jesus' death. Like if you read them one after the other, if you read all the different accounts, we see that there's this incredible picture of Jesus' death, his, his betrayal by Judas of just a kiss, his, but the betrayal of his own disciples, like Peter denying him, but then also the rest of the disciples who just like peaced out on him, right? Like they just disappeared when things got tough. You see this incredible picture of, of the denial. You see the incredible picture of Jesus being beaten, being mocked, being laughed at, and ultimately crucified. And it's this amazing story 
that we look at. But as I was kind of reading it, and I, one, something occurred to me that probably the most unremarkable thing about Jesus' death on the cross is his death. Here's what I mean by that is, is not to get morbid in church, but people pass away all the time, don't they? People die all the time. Good people, bad people, people that we, that we love. Like it's the most human thing that we can do is to die. Like there's people who have even given their lives for good causes, for things they believe in. We've seen as, as soldiers have gone and fought for our country, to, for our freedom, right? We've seen as, as martyrs of the Christian faith have laid down their lives for their faith or something that they believe in for good purposes, right? But we've even seen people die for things that we wouldn't believe in, right? We've seen people die for causes that we would call evil, right? Terrorism, things like that, stuff that we would look at it and say, that's, that's not good, that's evil, that's wrong. We've seen people die for valiant reasons. We've seen people die for bad reasons. We've seen people die for stupid reasons. <laughs> There's this uh, website called... Uh, uh, I can't remember the name of it, the Darwin Awards. Oh, you already know. You already know the Darwin Awards. And I, I don't know if we should be talking about Darwin on Easter, but why not, right? Someone asked me if I was going to preach on Jesus today. And I was like, I was thinking about global warming, but maybe we'll go Jesus, right? <laughs> there's a thing called the Darwin Awards. And two of my favorite ones that I, I remember, they're so opposite, was this one guy, he was trying to, uh, he's trying to, he wanted to see his picture in a lake. So he was leaning over the lake trying to get, see his, see himself in it and he fell in it and died. <laughs> but my all-time favorite one was this guy who was, this is way off subject, but my all-time favorite one is this guy who was, didn't know how much gasoline he had in his gas tank. So he took one of those long lighters. Yeah. You don't want to say someone deserved it, but come on, right? <laughs> like he, he stuck the lighter down there, boom, and uh, he's famous now. <laughs> Happy Easter. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless of whether it's a stupid death a memorable death, a valiant death, the truth of the matter is that if all Jesus did was die, then it's just like anybody else. If all Jesus did was die, then our faith is just a big letdown, isn't it? Have you ever been let down by something or somebody? This last week, Katie went out of town to a, a conference, and so it was just me and Gideon at the house. <laughs> and so we're just in survival mode, man. Like, how are we going to figure this out? Right? Like, she didn't even leave us any food or anything, man. Like, it was crazy. I was alone <laughs> with him. <laughs> and uh, anyways, and so we decided, we're like, I'm going to go to the grocery store. going to get some food. And so I get some stuff for him. And, and for me, I, I can cook. I'm not the best cook. I don't necessarily like to cook. But uh, so I'm going through and I've got like, how am I going to figure this out? I don't want to cook. So I'm just going to get some microwave dinners. And so I'm walking through the aisles. And if you've ever had a microwave dinner, you know where this is going, right? You go through and you look at one. There's this one called Hungry Man. Yeah, boy. Like you look at that thing. You're like, uh, you look at it. It has like the steak on it. Juicy steak. Got this beautiful chicken breast on there. And you're like, why would anybody cook when you can have Hungry Man? You know what I'm saying? And so you take that thing home. You put it in the microwave. You open it up and you're like, what is this? <laughs> like you pull out that little chicken leg and like, this guy must have been the runt. Like, what was this thing, man? You find out that hungry man stands for you're going to be hungry after you eat it, right? <laughs> sometimes life lets us down, doesn't it? And sometimes people we believe in let us down. And sometimes people we trust let us down. And the truth of the matter is that if all Jesus did was die on that cross, then our faith is one of the biggest letdowns of all time. 
First Corinthians 15, 16 through 20 says this, for if the dead are not raised, then, and Christ has not been raised, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins, and therefore those who have fallen asleep in Christ have also perished. And if we have put our hope in Christ for this life only, for this life while we're here today, for this life only, then we should be pitied more than anyone else. Paul's telling the Christians in Corinth that if Jesus is not raised from the dead, their faith is hollow, their faith is pointless, their faith is meaningless, and what we're doing here today is a big waste of time. I could have slipped in today. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, it means we're all still lost in our sin. It means it still has a grip on us. It means we are still slaves. It means we are not free. If he didn't rise from the dead, it means we're still headed to hell. And if you notice, Paul goes as far to say, if all your Christianity is, if there's no resurrection of the dead through Christ, if all your faith is, is just being good in this life, then it is a big waste of time and you are to be pitied. Woo. Happy to be in church today? <laughs> if Jesus doesn't rise from the dead, Christianity is the biggest letdown of all time. This sermon is pointless. <laughs> Everything we're doing here is pointless. And we have a Jesus who, yes, was crucified on the cross. A Savior who on Friday was killed. On Friday did the most human thing he could possibly do. He died. On Friday he died. But what do they say? The Sunday's coming. On Friday he was crucified. But Sunday's coming. On Friday he laid his life down for you. But Sunday's coming. Matthew 28 says it like this. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to view the tomb. And side note, how would you like to be known as the other Mary? <laughs> right? Mary and the other one. <laughs> She's always tagging along. <laughs> I'm sorry. Verse 2, suddenly there was a violent earthquake because the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. How, tomb. how amazing would this be? He rolled back the stone and was sitting on it, and his appearance was like lightning, and his robe was white as snow, and the guards were so shaken from fear of him that they became like dead men. But the angels told the women, don't be afraid because I know you are looking for Jesus who is crucified in some of the most beautiful words in all of the scriptures. He is not here for he has been resurrected just, I love this, just as he said. The angel saying, he told y'all he was going to do this. He predicted it. You should have expected it. And then the angel says, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead. And in fact, he is going ahead of you to Galilee and you will see him there. And then verse 8 says, so departing quickly. You better bet they're departing quickly, right? Then departing quickly from the tomb with fear and joy, they ran to tell his disciples the good news. And then this is so cool. Verse 9, just then Jesus met them and said, good morning. Could you just, could you just imagine that scene right there? Uh, good morning. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> then Jesus told them, oh, excuse me. Good morning. They came up, took hold of his feet and worshiped him. What would you do, man? I mean, all they could do was fall at his feet and worship the king. Then Jesus told him, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to leave for Galilee and they will see me there. Wow. I told you I read all the different accounts this last week. And one of the coolest ones to me is in Luke's gospel. He says that the, the ladies come and tell the disciples that Jesus is alive. He's risen from the dead. And some of them don't believe him, right? Some of them are like, eh, we need to see some proof. But it says, but Peter got up and sprinted to the tomb. <laughs> 
That's what I'm talking about. Like that joker's not playing around. He gets up and he runs. He doesn't walk. It's not even like that one of those fast walks like you see people in the malls doing. You know, like you're trying to get around somebody. The speed walk where the hips are waving real quick. You know, that's the actual like races. They have speed walking races. They do. Peter gets up and he sprints to the tomb. You know why Peter gets up and sprints to the tomb? Because Peter knows that if Jesus truly is raised from the dead, then everything is different now. Just like if he didn't raise from the dead, nothing has changed. If Jesus raised from the dead, everything is different now. Have you ever had a moment in your life where everything changes just like that? You know what I'm talking about? Just one of those things where like, boom, different. One of those moments for me was when Kate and I got married and it's interesting, right? Because when we got married, we had this beautiful wedding, but I didn't really feel married then. Like, so we had this beautiful wedding. It was great. Didn't feel super married. Had the honeymoon and it was great. Didn't feel super married. The moment I felt really like if something's different now was when I'd gone, we got back to our home and I was, I went to work, the office all day and I come home, I walk through those doors and there's my bride at home. For the first time, sitting there waiting on me, the love of my life there. And in that moment, I was home. You know what I'm talking about? In a moment, it hit me. Everything is different now. We all have moments like that in our lives. Maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it's a baby being born. Maybe it's winning the lottery. I don't know. I hope that for you. I hope you won the lottery. Do you guys know that they said that, that most people win the lottery go bankrupt real quick? You know, I, I'm willing to give it a shot, you know, like, like I can't see a scenario where me getting a hundred million dollars works out bad for me. You know what I mean? So, so if any of you guys win the lottery, I will bear that burden for you. <laughs> give me the ticket. <laughs> We've all had moments in our lives where in a moment, everything's different. Christ's resurrection for us is the ultimate moment in human history where everything is different. And it's amazing because everybody knew Jesus was dead, right? Like they watched the Roman soldiers crucify him. They watched the Roman soldiers kill them. The Roman soldiers were professional killers. Like here's one thing. When the Roman soldiers kill you, you know what happened to you? You die. (laughs) Like that's what happens. (laughs) No one doubted that Jesus was dead. And yet here he is alive. Here he is just like popping up in random places. Like I'm back, right? Like, I thought about this this week, and I know this is bad, but I'm like, if I'm Jesus, man, I am messing with people. <laughs> like, I'm showing up to those Roman guards or those Roman soldiers who killed me. You thought you got me, right? <laughs> like, that would be me, man. I'm messing with some folks. And yet, here we have, they killed him, and yet, here he is alive. And people are freaking out. They don't know what to do. Because if it's true that Jesus rose from the dead, then it changes everything. It truly means for us that nothing will ever be the same again. It means that what everything that Jesus claimed to be true is true. It means that sin is defeated. It means now we can truly for the first time have a relationship with God. It means eternal life is now possible for you and for me. It means for the first time in human history, hope is truly alive. That Jesus isn't just some human saying some nice things, that he is God, that he is Savior. And the Pharisees knew that if we kept reading in Matthew chapter 28, it tells us that the Pharisees tried to bribe the guards to keep it a secret that he was out. They're freaked out, right? They don't know what to do because they know if this word gets out that Jesus isn't there anymore, then everything's going to change. They know that sinners can now get saved. 
hope is now alive. They know that that woman at the well that we saw hopeless now has hope. All these people who thought that they were worthless, that the ones who thought God hated them, the thought that there was no way that they could earn salvation. Now the message of Jesus rings true that life and hope and freedom is now possible. That the worst of the worst can find hope. They were cool believing that he died. (laughs) But they couldn't handle believing he rose from the dead. But that is exactly what our God did, isn't it? Because an all-knowing, all-powerful, infinite God can't be killed by his creation. At least not permanently. And the gospel gives us hope, not just because Jesus died. The gospel gives us hope because he rose from the dead. It gives us hope because that means for us that we can have victory in this life over sin. The gospel isn't just that Jesus died for our sins. The gospel is that he rose again and in raising himself from the dead, he has conquered sin. He has conquered death and he has conquered hell. The Bible tells us, or the Bible calls death the final enemy. Bigger than any enemy or fear that you have, bigger than doubt, bigger than sickness, right? Human beings, it's interesting, we're born with only two innate fears, the fear of falling and the fear of death, which is interesting because one can lead to the other, right? (laughs) The rest of them are learned, right? The one thing we all fear, we all have in common is death. And if someone acts like they're not afraid of death, they're just lying, man. But Christ's resurrection means that death, our greatest enemy, is now defeated. And I don't know, you know, I don't know why you're here today. You know, I don't know if someone just made you come to church. Like, if you're not a church person or whatever, I don't know, if you're not a Christian, you're in here, like, I'm only here because they made me come. Gotta go. Grandma wants to go to church. We gotta go, right? Like, I've been there. Here's what I want you to know, that this is the reason we're here today. Not, not bunny rabbits, not pastel colors, not a fun holiday just for the family, although I love all those things, including pastel colors. <laughs> I had a friend, the reason why, it's a little twisted. I had a friend who was colorblind, kind of, well, just pastel colors. And so Easter was a lot of fun for me growing up. <laughs> but by his resurrection, we worship our God. Because our God is the champion of all time. And we're here to worship him for his goodness to us, his kindness to us, his mercy to us in the cross. And this is our faith, church. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Those words become reality through the resurrection of our Savior. Romans 5.21 says this, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace will reign through righteousness, resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What this means for us is the resurrection of Christ as Christians should change our lives. This should bring a beautiful perspective and a beautiful peace to our lives. Because let me just tell you the truth, man. Bad days are going to happen. Bad news is going to happen. People we love are going to get hurt. We're going to get hurt. But because of the cross of Christ, the gospel trumps always. Jesus is always greater. Jesus is always bigger. Jesus is always the conqueror. Through the worst of the worst, this last week, we mourned as one of our River Church family passed away. 
And I think about that and how sad that is and how we mourn for her. But at the same time, even as we mourn for her, we rejoice and we celebrate because of the cross of the Christ, of Christ, the resurrection of Jesus. We still have hope, don't we? And that sets us free to live for more than just that this world, that hope and that trust that we have in our God gives us the freedom to live for something more than just temporary stuff that fades away. Through the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, we can now live through the lens of eternity. And we don't have to make decisions based on today or how we hope everything will work out for us now, but we can make decisions that will affect etern- with eternity in mind. What I'm trying to say is because of Christ's resurrection, it changes the way that we live today because we can see things through the lens of eternity. Christ's resurrection should change how we live today. And I think that that is important to us or important for us because, how can I say this? Um, I love Christians, but sometimes we're the worst, man. <laughs> Here's what I mean by this. is Sometimes we can be a little negative Sometimes we can be a little depressing to be around. <laughs> what, I, what I mean by that is since I was like a kid, I remember sitting in church and, and hearing sometimes this defeated mindset of how the sky is falling, the world is awful, everything is awful, like we just got to hold on until Jesus comes back. <laughs> and I don't, quite, I don't quite get that, right? Because I don't think every time a disaster hits, it should feel like the end of the world. I don't believe that Christians and the church is just some hopeless mess trying to hold on until Jesus comes back, right? Jesus, take me now. I don't think that's who we are. I don't think that's what the church is. I believe that through the hope of the resurrection, we don't just have hope for eternity, but we have a hope for today. I believe that we have hope for today for a transformed life today. I believe we have hope for today, for a victorious life today, for a Holy Spirit-powered life today because our God is the conqueror, because our God has conquered sin, death, hell, and the grave, and through him, because Jesus lives, we have been set free, and we can live freely, we can live differently, and because of that, we can react and live and move from a place of peace in our lives. We serve an all-knowing king of the universe who has demonstrated his power for us in the resurrection. And here's why I think that's so important for us because sometimes I feel like our faith lives without the power of the resurrection. I think that we think that Satan is somehow equal with God. We think that, or at least we may not think that, we wouldn't admit to it, but maybe we live like it. I don't know. Like we think that there's some cosmic chess match going on and we're going, all right, Jesus is making a move. Satan's making a move. God's making a move. And we're like, man, I hope this works out. You know, we're looking at it. It's, it's 28 to 3. We're going to the fourth quarter. And we're just hoping for a comeback. And we're looking at it. And we're just going, oh, man, I hope he can turn this around. I hope he can make a comeback. But here's the truth, guys, is God's not making a comeback. Because a all-knowing, all-powerful king of kings, God of gods, Lord of the universe is never behind, baby. He's not losing. He's coming back. (laughs) Sometimes we give Satan way too much power in our lives. My parents have this cat. And again, I'm nervous to tell you the story because y'all, I tell too many animal stories and y'all can call PETA on me. But this is my mom and dad, not me. They have this cat and they got it declawed. I know, messed up, right? It is funny to watch it climb a fence. It's amazing because it can still do it. It's grips. 
anyways, um, so they have this cat that got declawed, and they have this little puppy who comes and loves to just play with the cat. And it's not doing it mean, not being mean to the cat, but the cat's kind of old and grouchy, and so the cat will just kind of hiss, and then da da, right? Like Muhammad Ali, da 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 da. It's kind of amazing to watch, you know. Da, da, da. But what's amazing to watch is the dog isn't deterred one bit. Doesn't scare the dog, doesn't bother the dog. The dog just keeps on going after the cat. And you know why? Because that cat is declawed and ain't got no power. Ain't nothing it can do but hiss and run. <laughs> but here's what I know. Because of the resurrection of our God, Satan ain't nothing but a declawed cat, baby. He's nothing but a toothless lion, a dog on a leash trying to manipulate you and scare you through smoke screens. Some people think that Satan has a lot of power, but the truth is because of the resurrection, resurrection, he has no power. Our God has conquered sin, death, hell, the grave, our greatest enemies, Satan included. And because of him, we have been set free, Christians, to live life to the fullest. And so the band, you guys are going to, they're going to come up and we're going to worship a little bit more. And what I want to encourage you guys to do as we close out our service today is I want us to just spend the last few minutes worshiping, worshiping, worshiping the King of Kings, God of God, Lord of Lords, the Savior of the universe, because we are not, because of the resurrection, we are not victims in need of a Savior. We have a Savior and he has conquered. Amen. And because of that truth, we can live differently. Because of that single truth, everything is different. So let us live in that confidence, church. Let us serve him in that confidence, knowing that our God has not just died for us, but raised himself from the dead. And because of those truths, we have been set free. That same God, as Christians, calls us sons calls us daughters. He has set you free through the death and resurrection of his son. Now church, let's live like it. Amen? Amen. Father, I love you. God, thank you so much for the truth of the gospel. Thank you so much for the truth of your resurrection, God, what that should mean for us, what that should look like in our lives, God. We want to worship you today. We want to glorify you today. We want to lift you up today and praise your name because you are King of kings and Lord of lords and you have set us free, God. And so we worship you today for that truth, God. I pray that that would just permeate into every area of our lives, that we would go out from this place changed and set free, not, not from some meaningless thing, not from some pointless thing, not, not just on an on a emotional high, but because that truth should take, take a deep grip into our souls, God. That through the cross of Christ and the resurrection of our Savior, we can have freedom from sin, can live a life that chases out of after you that no matter what happens to us you are the conqueror God Christ amen